association with the Wayland Utani Bulletin and SciFi.com, this is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. We are the only exclusively alien podcast of its kind, with your hosts, J.M. Prater and Peter Hay. God damn it, that's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. And all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all of that goodbye. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Fucking hey! So this is episode twenty-two of Perfect Organism, and I'm your host Pete. Or I'm your host Pete. Yeah, I'm your host Jamie, and this is <laughs> this is Pete. Hi. And uh, today we are talking to uh, Bill Robbie, and he is the founder of the Wayland Utani Bulletin, which is probably the biggest alien related and uh, an alien centric group on Facebook right now that I could tell. Um, and it's kind of where Peter and I met. It's where Bill and I met. It's where Ross, who's an admin on, um, the group met. And we're kind of here just to kind of talk about how that started. We're going to hear from Bill first, and then we're going to talk about kind of everything else. So Bill, if you want to kind of, uh, bring us through like how that all began for you. Absolutely. Well, Wayland Utani Bolton was started, um, oh my God, it was probably four, four, just over four years ago now, and it was birthed of the fire that was Prometheus, believe it or not, there is definitely ties to Prometheus, um, and like I said, albeit born of fire, there was a, a need for an outlet, um, Whereas all these other social media venues were, you couldn't really speak your mind. It, it, it felt like whenever you talked about Prometheus on different uh, pages, because that's mostly what it was with pages and yeah. sci-fi groups and stuff like that, some comic book fandom groups. There was no specific Whalen yutani type fan club at that time. So... It was, uh, whenever you mentioned Prometheus or criticized it in any way, shape, or form, it's almost like you were you were ostracized or slammed for having any such opinion. So I took it upon myself to start a group where, you know, it was, you felt safer to express your opinion and... You can still see it carries over today. People get very heated and very passionate about, well, that's what we are. We're geeks. Let's face it. We get very passionate about the things that we love. And that's what started Wayland and Tony Bolt. And it was, there's definitely ties to Prometheus. So that's undeniable. Um, We try to now, the admin, try to keep it more level of you know ambiguous i guess is the right word in terms of prometheus you know slandering or criticisms or anything of the sort because it really does it it pushes a lot of people's buttons and ross used the term during the last podcast it's a very polarizing film in the franchise um 
Well, that, that's how Waylon Tony Bolton started anyway. We'll get back to that. Uh, Did you feel like it was uh, uh, a way for yourself personally as well to say, hey, man, I really didn't dig this film, and I need a place to talk about that in a way that I can talk about it, and I'm not saying I hate the people involved, but I didn't dig it, and I, I want to kind of be heard. Did that come from a more personal view from, from yourself as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you also used the term during your last podcast about the other alien films, yeah. which I'm sure we're all in agreement on that they're like family. That's what these movies are to us. They're, yeah. The characters, the, the the characters are family. The movies are home. And when you introduce something that's <laughs> bastardizes your family and your home so much, yeah. and you feel like you can't talk about it, just like in life, eventually you have to let it out. So, Waylon Utani Bolton is a very personal thing for me. It was, it was a place where I felt, and what you know, a lot of people felt after we were able to express it that it wasn't, it didn't fit in. It didn't fit into the franchise. So, it was a, it was a great thing in the long run because, we, you know, through other people, I've I've met a lot of great people through that, and um, that's what it's all about. You get to relive the movies that you love and the moments that you love. And you also get to uh, familiarize yourself with other, other fans and what they like and what they don't like about Prometheus and the other alien films. I was surprised actually how many people didn't like alien three. I was actually really surprised because that that was another thing that people really didn't talk too much about in the other groups. There was no specific fandom group at the time. It was the other pages were were mostly like I don't know, very impartial. They, they, you couldn't criticize anything. Yeah, they wouldn't. You know, so uh, Waylon Yutani Bolton, we are definitely more open to criticisms and having an opinion is is definitely valued. Yeah. What do you think, and maybe Ross, if you want um, you know, add whatever you think to this, but what do you think, like, where do you think people are at these days with, I mean, because there's a lot on the horizon. There's, you know, certainly Alien Covenant, which we've seen kind of go from, uh, it's changed from one thing to the other. First it was going to be this, again, kind of another Prometheus film. Now it's going to be more of an Alien film, and now it's going to somehow connect to Ripley. Um, which seems like they're kind of servicing the fans a little bit more, but I'm not really sure. Like, where do you think, where do you think people are are at with this based on what you're seeing in the Wayland Dutani Bulletin? I don't know where people are. I don't think people know where to be at for a start. I don't think people know everything's changed. Everything seems to be in flux. I don't think anyone's going to know what's coming until you get the trailer or, your your press releases or or your, your, your no one's going to have any idea because it's I don't it's think gonna... they even have any idea. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they don't. If they're, they don't if have they're, idea. If they're using the formula that they use for Prometheus again. They then they just I guarantee you they have no idea where it's going. It, yeah. it, it almost seems like they're taking a a, a page out of Aliens because you <laughs> they use the term colonial uh, like. Uh, what they what they use that term colonial, which was kind of synonymous with aliens. 
It's where there's a lot of fan love. You know, most of, a lot of the love comes from goes to Alien and Aliens. And there's like, oh hey, there's this there's this colony going to this planet, and it kind of reminds me of like, oh hey, they're sending a colony to LB four two six. So it's kind of it has that feel right away to me. Yeah, well, the, the, of course they're using some terms that are going to try to galvanize the fans that they ostracized to begin with with Prometheus. They listen. I know that we've talked about this briefly, JM, and you mentioned it in the last podcast too. This is it's all damage control. From here on out for alien covenant it's how do you write the ship that is prometheus when you know the doors are open and the horses are out of the stable how do you fix this it's you can't yeah it's not fixable but it's damage control so they're going to use terms that we're familiar with they're going to they're going to try to make of uh, a, a feel get a feel of the original alien because let's face it it was so prometheus was so for lack of a better term alien from alien that it was almost unrecognizable in the universe mm-hmm. that it, you can if you're just a fan of prometheus you you can watch that movie and then you can watch alien you can be like this is not of the same franchise, mm-hmm. you know, and there are some people that only know Prometheus and don't really know of, of its relation or understand its relation to alien. Shit. I'm not even sure if I understand its relation to alien, but, yeah. um, so it, from here on out, it's just damage control. And I think now I'm, I'm stealing the, uh, the mic here from, from Ross, but the, back to the whole, um, terminology and stuff that you said that they're using they're trying to they're trying to get some of those alien fans that were real like us like me like ross and a lot of other people they're trying to get us back on board because i think even the execs know that really scott's vision for prometheus was so outlandish from the original alien that they're they're losing what is their flagship franchise right now so they have to try to rein it in they have to do some damage control and i'm sure they're saying this to really too like at the same time they're throwing money at him because you know here he is the father of their flagship franchise and they even went so far as to bump blomkamp out of the way like here give this back to really he's gonna take care of this because he directed the Martian, so here's some money, and uh, here's we'll get control. you back on track here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Where was I going with that? <laughs> I get so like. <laughs> Do you think though? And you know, you know, maybe maybe this is you know everybody can chime in, but I really feel a sense of confusion from people. Like just now that alien, it's not paradise lost, which actually I liked that title before. Now it's alien covenant. <coughs> They've announced cast. Like I don't really see people talking about that. Like I see people there. Maybe there's a news item posted, but there seems like there's like mass confusion from the fan base. Like what, what is this? What are you doing? Like, I don't really sense. Hey, like for instance, like with star Wars, Oh my God, there's a star Wars film coming out. Um, we're excited and we're counting it down. Whereas with this, you know, again, and maybe it's just being burned from Prometheus, um, but I, I don't really sense anything. Yeah. That's just such a shame, isn't it? It Terrible. is. Yeah. It is. Um, I think a lot of the confusion has to deal with 
the name changes because it had the working title of Prometheus 2 and then it was Alien Paradise Lost, which I agree is probably a better title. And then uh, Covenant, you know, he changed the name like twice in about a week and a half, two weeks when he was campaigning for the Martian. So I can see where some of the confusion stems from. But I, I feel like we're, we're definitely owed something that's as exciting as a new Star Wars film. But I get the feeling that we may get that with Covenant, if not uh, Alien 5 or 3.2 or whatever. What, what do you mean? You, you think that Alien Covenant is going to be something as great as the new Star Wars film was, in your opinion? Not necessarily, but something that will at least, as you guys were saying, right the ship and give us more something that we were expecting the first time around with Prometheus. Maybe something that more uh, succinctly bridges Alien with Prometheus and ties them together. We can only hope, though. Yeah, well, they're starting with the title by actually putting Alien in the title. <laughs> that uh, that definitely says something, though. I mean, if, yeah, if you're I... making a sequel to Prometheus, why would you call it Alien unless you didn't have intentions to relate it, you know? Yeah. Well, and it, it's it's interesting because, like you said, Bill, uh, there it's damage control. Uh, you know, I, I I would agree, and I think it's probably okay. They're taking kind of uh, cues from Star Wars and saying, okay, if we're going to do this, we need to do it right. Now, I, I think that there's a there's this line here too, where it, if I also don't think fan service is the way to go either. No. Um, if, if you're going to fan service this, then I'm not really that interested. Like, um, uh, uh, a classic example of fan service is Alien Resurrection. They thought, hey, let's get some Marines. Let's get, you know, and it sucked. It was terrible because they were trying to essentially copy um, the the structure of Aliens. And at, at the same time, the structure of Alien, they set it on another ship. The ship's called Fox. Yeah. And they, they went over the same beats that you saw in better movies previous. Um, and it didn't work and it didn't work because we don't want, I, I think a successful film takes some risks and, uh, and yeah, the risk being, uh, a newborn that, that should not have happened. Yeah. Well that, I mean, that was, that was interesting. And, you know, that was kind of an, an interesting, uh, I don't know, sidestep. They wanted to kind of introduce something new as well, or something new to the Laurel. Every time they do that with the newborn, then, then you have the Deacon, um, it doesn't work out. It just doesn't. It doesn't compare to the architecture and the aesthetics of Geiger's hand. Um, so I, I think it, it's it's a weird thing. I, I you know I don't. I think fans feel important. They feel like uh, oh you know listen to you know I, I I know that I can get to that that place as well. Like listen to me. I have the best idea. But I I, I don't want a film from Ridley Scott um, or whoever. Neil Blomkamp, whatever, that does what I expect them to do. I think that they need to uh, service their own voice. And it's it's yeah, it's definitely a fine line. You walk a fine line when you're doing any installment of a franchise, and uh, you don't want it to be too similar because then you'll get the backlash that Star Wars got. You know, they're just taking the same story and reheating it with different characters and different names. But at least you have the feel and the the fans can connect to that. Mm -hmm. So, but then at the same time, you don't want it to be so far off from what you're familiar with that you're sitting in a seat and you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? Like I literally, when I watched Prometheus, first of all, let me tell you, 
I had a party. Of course, I went to the midnight showing. I had a party that night. I had a bulk of my memorabilia out, and everybody could look through my old books. They can touch my statues, my old toys. It was all out for everybody. I was ready for this. Prometheus was, yeah. was, was it, you know? <laughs> Do you guys remember the, the trailers for Prometheus? You remember being told, like, the, it was a slow pan in of the space jockey, a yeah. very slow pan in. It was that ominous. Mm-hmm you know, side shot of the space jockey that we're all familiar with. And it was low bass music and it slowly built up and the lights started to rise. And that's all it was. That was the whole trailer. Yeah. I used to play that trailer over and over and over again. I'm like, now you guys touched on this last podcast too. Like <clears throat> granted, we all didn't really want to know what the space jockey was, but now it's being presented to us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so of course, we're going to be like, holy shit, we're going to find out. Th- things are going to be answered, like questions I didn't even know I had. Yeah. Things are going to be answered. But that was not the case with Prometheus, and everybody got pissed off. Yeah. What a, I mean, f- for that alone, we should be able to do like a class action lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. that's not what was packaged and, and being sold to us. What we got was something totally different. There's, what there's we got no was a slapping me. face. Yeah. There's no telling me. I don't think that Ridley Scott really – okay, you ready? Here's my whole theory on how Prometheus came to be such a fuck up. I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse? I'm of course. To curse, right? We're I didn't here. wear my bracelet that shocks me every time. <laughs> I um, so this is my theory. Now, Ridley Scott – is an established director by now finally getting the credit he's always deserved okay and this is the prodigal son's return to science fiction not just science fiction but his first uh science fiction film okay (laughs) so this is it we've all been waiting for this and now we get that space jockey image that booming bass thumping music you know I don't think they had, at that point, a story. I think Ridley, in his own head, had a brief description, which he was trying to sell to the studio execs. And because of his clout now, he's able to do so. So he gets Spates in. Spates works up, up the script. And then he, what he did with Blade Runner was he got... Um, what was his name? Uh, Hampton Fancher. Hampton Fancher, and then the other guy that came in and Peebles. David Peebles. It, the names escape me at the moment. Anyway, yep, Hampton Fancher and David Peebles. I'm looking at the poster right now. Okay, so he got these two um, to rework what was already a fantastic novel by Philip K. Dick. Okay, so now you got these two guys reworking as, uh, a novelization. So in that case, what Blade Runner was was a series of mistakes that worked to be perfection. Mm-hmm. Okay, So in Ridley's head now, he's thinking that all these years go by, the prodigal son's return to science fiction, he's here. So he's going to use that same equation that he used for Blade Runner – 
for Alien. But of course, he's a genius. So his, his ideas is what's going to be used the most, right? So he's telling these writers, this is what you're going to do. I'm going to have something like this, something like this. And then it's been said, it's documented, really doesn't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. So when these guys are up against Ridley and they're, they're like, well, I don't know, you know, Ridley's putting them down. He said, well, no, this is what's going to be. Like, so even in, they know that it's, in, I'm not defending um, Lindelof at all. I think the guy's a hack, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he wrote one good story, in my opinion, and that was uh, a six-part uh, comic book for Marvel, which even mm-hmm. that he had a problem with. They had to, he, didn't, he couldn't get the story out in time. They had to uh, reprint the first two issues because it was over a year between issue two and three that most of the people forgot that it was it was even released and they had to re-release issues one and two again. He couldn't even do that on time. Anyway, so now you got Lindelof rewriting Spade's script with Scott's ideas and they, they, before they even knew it, they had this mess on their hands. And what could they do at this point? Now it's made and they don't know what the hell it means they have to package it and sell it to us. Mm-hmm. And then at this point, it is what it is. You can't, you can't go back and undo it. So mm-hmm. now, back to what we were saying before, it's just damage control. I think and I hope that they've learned their lesson. I hope. Because now with all the acclaim that the Martian got, maybe Ridley's like, yeah, I'm right. I'm always, you know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just stoking his ego and his kind of the need to be right. Yeah. But at the same time, don't you think that the reception, the cool reception that, you know, I mean, (laughs) Prometheus made $126 million in States. It's not too bad, but it's not great either. I mean, it made like 400 and something million dollars worldwide. That's not too bad either. Half a billion dollars. Um, But it's on some levels, part of me thinks that, uh, Ridley Scott knows what people are saying. He knows the issues. Lindelof has talked readily, uh, to his credit. I don't really like him either as a writer. Um, I think he he talks he talks uh, to and writes as people as the idea that people are stupid. And I think that's kind of how Prometheus came off, as if the the audience was dumb and the audience wasn't going to pick up on some very blatant things that we've gone over before. Um, but I feel like Scott kind of gets it a little bit like the damage control that's happening i i almost feel like it's not coming from scott it's coming from fox saying hey yeah we like you we respect you we're giving you control but this has to happen and exactly you know um but do you think nothing about that i couldn't i could not uh, disagree with i think that's exactly what's happening you know this is an investment ridley is inevitably an investment for like I said, the franchise that is Alien. That's their flagship right now. They don't they know Fox no longer has Star Wars. Yeah. But they have Alien. Yeah. And all these box sets and steel box and listen, they're gonna package this up and blah blah blah. And that's how they're gonna sell it to us, this big alien, you know, super deluxe editions. And unfortunately, there's no way of undoing it prometheus is going to be part of it so now they just want to get all the other fans that have been alienated (laughs) and they want to bring us back you know and that's i think the execs because let's face it you know there's guys reading these things like wow like 
Prometheus is really getting slammed. And it 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 did. Like I saw it once. Yeah. After that party that I had, you know, we went to the midnight showing and <laughs> I'll never forget I walked out of the theater and I totally forgot that I had like 25 people with me. <laughs> and I turned around when I realized I'm like, oh shit, where is everybody? I turned around, they're all standing just outside the theater staring at me waiting for a reaction oh. and i was like oh Shit. i was like yeah they're like what you think i was like where's the line to have my memory erased <laughs> you know that was we were suckers it made a lot of money yeah but it made a lot of money on the back of alien yeah not because i never went and saw it again in the theater i didn't pay my hard-earned money to see that film twice yeah. why would i do that to myself that's like kicking myself in the nuts twice yeah yeah <laughs> huh interesting how do, do you, you feel I... about all this ross uh, i saw it once too i it took me 20 minutes with a car <laughs> journey of silence to go like i said wait a minute wait you know because I, I i at that point i wasn't a member of Wailing Jitani Bulletin, I didn't have an outlet that I could go to to talk to people about it. It was just me in my own head going, I think I, felt, I think I came home and I read my comic books. Mm. I went, ah, oh, that, oh, that feels good. Because, um, <laughs> like a warm felt, shower. Well, just the, the comic books are one of those things for me that mean a lot because that's where I had my most, the most of the draw. And But pr the Prometheus was... I don't, I don't despise it, but I, I, there is a hate there that builds within me when I think about it, when I talk about it. It's, mm -hmm. I don't know what to say other than what I said before. Is, is it just, I just felt duped. I just felt like, what the fuck? After the TED adverts and... Oh, the, the, that TED Talks was... Yeah, listen, the Prometheus online marketing campaign is, in my opinion, to date, the most brilliant yes. ad campaign ever. Yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, they had us hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Not just because of that slow panning of the space jockey, yeah. but that TED talks and those the uh, Shaw going in for the interview yeah, and the, the facial recognition things and David Eight being made. Like, oh come yeah. on, that was brilliant stuff. Yeah. We were all hooked, right? And then yeah. when you sit down and you watch the film and another thing that really gets me is like, I don't think they really knew where they wanted it to fit in, uh, in the alien timeline. Well, I mean, if you read, uh, the script that John Spates wrote, alien engineers, it makes so much more sense. Yeah. And me. it was, uh, four, two, six originally, wasn't it? Yep. It was Yeah. not two twenty three. Yeah, just the well, changeable details that just uh, there's so much that you could easily change with Prometheus. It, the same with The Martian. I watched The Martian and went, well, "Wait a minute, this is just Prometheus without <laughs> without engineers." <laughs> and then they just changed the color. And the, the Martian is a best-selling uh, novel, also though. See, when when really Scott has has a good story to work off of he can do some brilliant work sure. i still think the martian was subpar for ridley but 
Yeah, was it wasn't. Not. It was. It was a very light. I don't think about the Martian ever. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was well put together. It was funny, but it wasn't. <sighs> it's nothing. It's like, oh yeah, that was a good piece of chocolate. Okay. But yeah. it's, it's not it like uh, it's not like seven. You know, it's not like something like that where you think about it actively when you haven't seen it. It didn't. It didn't feel like it was a Ridley Scott movie. Anyone could have made that movie. Yeah. Because it yeah, was very, it, 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 it definitely didn't feel like Ridley Scott. It didn't have those, uh, that really warm, closed-in feeling, the closed-in shots that he's so used to, <laughs> everywhere from you know Thelma and Louise down the line. He, he, the every shot that he normally takes, you feel the warmth in the shot, and it was lacking in The Martian, which, in my opinion, was a great. Um, it was a. It, it should have been, it could have been something actually a lot more epic. <clears throat> well, and I think uh, what's interesting, and this is just a, uh, it's just a theory of mine, Ridley Scott was working with a very big-name actor named, named, of course, Matt Damon. Matt Damon isn't just a big-name actor uh, who's good at what he does. He's also <laughs> a clout himself. Matt Damon has scripts changed. He has he has dialogue changed. He, he usually, he's the type of actor, I mean, we're living in the kind of, uh, place now in terms of Hollywood where actors have uh, they have in their contracts that they can kind of hey well let's rework this they can um, give their opinion on the script and they can uh, I, I, Matt Damon might have even been a producer on this film so to me I felt like Ridley Scott wasn't full ego this is my movie I think Ridley Scott was hey I'm directing this movie with Matt Damon um, and I think that's the difference at least in, in my in my my opinion I, I don't I, I completely be completely off on that. Um, yeah, I just I don't know enough about it at all. Yeah, but I, I, here's here's a question. Then was there a, a point with Prometheus uh, when you're watching it? You're because I mean I, I've said this before um, many times. I think that there is a masterpiece of a film within a very very flawed film. I mean it makes me it makes me just as mad as it makes you, and just as kind of and at the same time as brilliant as that marketing uh, campaign was, they also gave away what happens you know with the ship falling and vertically or whatever and you know shaw's running and um so you know what's going to happen they gave that right away i mean you saw an explosion in the sky and right before i saw the film or well before i saw the film and i was seeing them like people were saying hey man they're giving this film away stop giving this film away i was very active on um the avp galaxy forums for a while very interesting group of people um and people were saying, oh, I don't know, man. They're giving the movie away. If they're giving this away now, what's in the movie? And come to find out that they were right. Um, there wasn't, you know, they, they were giving it away because there wasn't anything else in there. Um, but I, there's a part of me that aesthetically loves Prometheus. I That's love a the, beautiful I, movie. Yeah, I, I love the, you know, I said this before, I love the engineers. I love that, the lore of who the engineers are. You know, I, I understand the issue with, People the continuity, the size. And yeah, then. yeah, I understand all that. I really, really do. But I couldn't stop talking about that or thinking about that movie for a long time. So I'm saying all this again just to ask you if there's anything in the film. Not that I mean, for me, it's completely okay if you completely dislike it as you as well, Ross. Uh, I just know that there are things that I take away from the film that I'm like, wow, I've not seen anything like this since Ridley Scott did Alien or. Blade Runner. Or that well, thing. yeah, don't think that I haven't sat down and for the sake of the group and for the sake of my own sanity tried to pick that movie apart to find yeah. anything that I can find to say, you know, something good about it. I, I have. 
And I came out with this. The lighting was great. <laughs> okay. yeah, wow. That's it. All right. But hey, yeah, the lighting, cool. the lighting is great. I, I think that everything else <laughs> just it falls apart. I mean, there's no, there's no uh, story arc. There's no, there's no loving those characters. There's no character build up. There's no really con- connection to Alien like we were told. And look, look, even the damage control on the DVD release, all your questions will be answered. Was the DVD release ad campaign? Yeah. Because people were so like, what the fuck happened? So now you're thinking when you get the DVD, there's going to classic release style. You're going to have these, you know, cuts from the film, the theatrical release, and we'll figure it all out. Well, there's no figuring that out. That everything, when Lindelof finally got that script, I think it all went to shit. I think he, Lindelof was trying to appease the giant that is Ridley while he's trying to do the whole loss technique and that's essentially what happened everybody was lost no one knew what the hell was going on anymore I think that even Giger's original concepts that Ridley lovingly tried to uh, put in there was bastardized I think that it really didn't even look like I mean, even if you look at the engineer's suit, it's supposed to look Giga-esque, yeah. okay? So at, at least that's something to connect to Alien, right? Mm-hmm. But so like where – the suit, the, 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 the deacon that comes out of – oh, God, I'm so frustrated right now. The, the deacon that's <laughs> three-quarters the size of the engineer when it bursts out of his chest. Yeah. Okay? Just like Alien 3 with the dog or the ox. Yeah. So now that takes on the characteristics of the bio suit. Yeah. Is that what we're led to believe? Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. The bio suit's a joke anyway. The ones that are stood in the corridor or the ones that are piled up <laughs> at the doorway are dark in color, almost black. And then, so he gets out, what, what does he get out of his space tube and get in the chair and put his helmet on and then harden? Yeah, the attention to detail, not just in continuity, but the um, d- just the biomechanics that Giger originally created was yeah. atrocious. At best, it was atrocious. Yeah. Um, yeah, he re- rehashed yeah, I mean, ideas. Watch when you watch too. Prometheus, and then you see, like, <laughs> the at the end when Shaw and David David's head take a little trip. Okay. Now you it the, the base again, bow, bow, and then you have the engineer and he starts convulsing and the chest burster, uh, porpoise head comes out, <laughs> and how forced is that? Because that's somebody that's the execs last minute saying like, oh shit, like you need to make this into an alien film. Yeah. You need to do something that's like alien because the the squid monster and like i'm sure somewhere the exact like what are you what are you doing yeah you know yeah yeah the the engineers should have been the main focus not not adding the black goo i can deal with to a certain respect but the hammer p just the the trilobite thing and how 
Will has always put it to me is the blue tack monster at the end. Is the why you don't need that focus you don't need to reveal that part yet you don't need to join it to alien before you've had a chance to figure out how you're going to join it to alien black goo it, the black goo that's every sci-fi writers go to when they don't know what to write about yeah, the yeah, black yeah. Goo. yeah i mean the, i think the x-files did the black goo better than you remember that you know um, I mean, the X-Files had a whole season or two devoted to that stuff. And yeah, it, we cared I about mean, And it would change. Movie. And I mean, then you had that X-Files first X-Files movie where the black grew. Then there was an alien growing inside the chest of somebody else. I mean, so it's almost like, man, X, why are you doing this again? Why are you doing this again? We've seen it. And the, yeah, you're, I think it was just lazy. Um, but let's segue this. So let me ask you guys, is it possible? Do you think, are, are you... Is it possible for you to, do you think, for them to kind of uh, strike up that love that that love song with you with Alien Covenant? Are you are you open to that, or you just think no, it's over? With with Prometheus as a jump off, it, it's uh, it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to say no. I don't I don't want to say no because. Yeah this this is my family this is my home you know and we we let this cancerous monster that is prometheus into my home but you know it, it is it's part of it now there's nothing it's just like it's like alien resurrection you know it's just I, i'm not gonna watch it it's part of it and eventually once in a while i do pop it in and i have a good giggle and it's it's been with me as I grew up and I grew older. These films are part of my life. They're they are my life. So we can't undo it. It's there. It's going to be hard. I don't want to say no, but I'm not going to just you know lie on my back and rub my belly. You know, like you got to come up with something good. You know, it's got to be good. It's got to be alien. Yeah. Well, we have we have three sequels. Uh, for Prometheus on board, so hopefully we'll see something good over the course of this. I hope so. I mean, I hope that they're going to focus more on a story and not just start the production, which is in essence what I think happened with Prometheus. They just, you know, they once they really said he was on board for doing a prequel or sequel, like they didn't know at the time what it was going to be. They just started. They just started. They they went full force into production with without having any fucking clue what was going to happen with without any idea of a definitive story you know they need to focus on that they need to focus on on a story what why would you have just the the you know the name director without having a decent story what's the point well i mean we can't really bring dan o'bannon back as much as i wish <laughs> oh god yeah please yeah. If, that, if you could arrange that that'd be brilliant let's just invest millions in i'm gonna watch dark star after back. this it's such a worthy question though what is you know what is the story now that you're trying to tell us if ripley uh ripley isn't involved it's not you know the stories that you're telling is it what is JM, it what is it about it better not be time travel yeah better not have anything to do with time travel okay listen i'm i'm not a writer i can't sit here and say that i you know i can write a better story i won't say that 
I really would like to give me a chance. Maybe I could, but there's a lot of elements that alien has that they can build off of Mm -hmm. the there's okay. One thing I think that we all kind of liked about alien was it was so different to what science fiction was giving us at the time, like star Wars and star Trek, you know, you had these really like really ludicrous science fiction stuff. Like not ludicrous. It was, it was good for what it was. It's that stuff. But alien brought us that gritty dirty lived in future. That was more realistic. It was something more that we can actually put ourselves in that situation mm-hmm. and we can understand. You know, you, then you have um, in Prometheus the reading the dreams, okay? Like that was a little too Star Trekky for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had the theme in the beginning that was a little too Star Trekky for me. Absolutely. Alien Resurrection, you had that laser that turned that cube into, you know, wow. a nice snifter of Scott. Yeah. You know, a little too Star Trekky for me. Um, we need to bring it, bring it back home, rein it in a little bit, make it more dirty and realistic. We need to start there. <clears throat> uh, yeah, which really points to character. I mean, I the the sets and the everything in, you know, in Prometheus was great. That wasn't the issue for me. The the. Yeah, it wasn't Geiger. Okay, whatever. We can discuss. People can discuss that or whatever at some point. It was character. It was character and story. Did you who are care these people? About them? And who do you care about them? No, I mean Idris Elba, fantastic actor, has done great job. Great. I mean, I mean, I'll watch Idris Elba read the phone book. Yeah, the guy's yeah. just a phenomenal actor. And Numa <laughs> Pace. I mean, you can't with the girl with the dragon tattoo. I mean, she was fucking brilliant in those films. I could just stare at her all day, just the same thing. Walk, just I could stare at her reading a newspaper or burning a newspaper. Yeah, there's, there's not a bad word I can say about the cast. Yeah. Um, Shit. And it's writing. pretty incredible that you can get a cast a cast together that are are that incredible uh, actors. And even some of the, the the smaller roles, the some of the British actors in there, I've seen in other things on the BBC, um, who are brilliant. Um, actually, the guy who played... Uh, you know those the uh, the geologist and the um, biologist. I can't remember their names. Uh, but the nobody cares. Byfield. Byfield um, and uh, Byfield. Yeah. Mills, I think. So uh, who who played the biologist? What was his name? Ross. Rafe Spall. Rafe Spall. Okay. He, I just saw he's him. the fat kid in Shaun of the Dead. Oh yeah. Uh, and I just you saw got, him in an episode. Got a leg on you. And I saw him in an episode of Blur with um, the guy from Mad Men, um, and he was brilliant. Brilliant. I'm like, man, he's such a great actor. And again, you just have these actors in this role. I mean, it was a George Lucas. He had all these great actors, and he did shit with them. Um, and they, you know, you could tell they really didn't know their part. And for me, what I love about Alien the most, and Alien is probably, I don't know, I, I toss up which is my favorite. I love Alien 3 a lot. Um, but Alien, I feel the most connected to the characters, and that's what I want. I want people that I can, you know, I, I want those truck drivers again. Yeah. Um, Alien, Aliens, and Alien 3. I'm one of those people that love Alien 3 also. And they all, th- those characters, even the, the, the nobodies, the, the nobody prisoners, they, the realism, yeah. they were real people. You yeah. can talk to them on the street, yeah. you know. And that's not what happened in Prometheus and Resurrection. Th- there, that likability is not there. Yeah. It should it's just not, stay I as a trilogy. In the canon, in my opinion, it should just stay as a trilogy. Alien, well, I, aliens, and 
three. I don't even think. I mean, maybe, but I, Joss I Whedon and Joss Whedon's a great writer. Let's face it, he's a great writer, great director. Um, Jean Pierre Jeunet, fabulous director. Oh yeah. I mean, if you've ever seen Delicatessen oh, yeah. and City of Lost Children and a very long engagement, these are brilliant, brilliant films. Yeah. Um, Amelie. Yeah. Amelie is yeah. just it's it's up there in my top five favorite films. Oh yeah. But his style did not equate. First of all, you've had um, a French director thrown into Hollywood, his first Hollywood film. Too so many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, he's being bullied and bossed around, and that's his his style didn't equate to the Alien franchise. That just it's it's sad. It didn't work. Josh Whedon was too comic booky. Um. I don't even work. think it was uh, Jean-Pierre Jeunet's idea for the newborn either. He's always like, even for a Frenchman, it was too much. No, well, the I mean, if, if you know, uh, the history of Resurrection, I mean, it, Resurrection was a film that was kind of crafted by Fox. Then Fox found a director. Well, first Fox found a writer. Then Fox found a director. Um, first they found Danny Boyle, and who did Trainspotting. Danny Boyle de- uh, declined. He was a little bit afraid of the, the amount of CGI at that point, and this was in 97. So you're probably talking about 95, 96, 97. Um, so it was, it was, it was, it was completely. It was like a kitchen, and Fox was the cook. And the best films that have, that have stuck with me in my life are films that have come from auteurs who said, "No, I have an idea. I want to do this one idea." And um, and much to the kind of the chagrin and the criticism of the people around them, they craft this film that shouldn't have worked, um, that didn't work during production, but it works on film, and it's brilliant. Whereas Alien Resurrection, it just, again, we, I, I discussed this earlier, it, they're trying to, uh, oh, make a film like Aliens, and make it a little bit like Alien 2, and yeah, make it look really good, and it did all those things, and it didn't work. Um, and I think that's the problem with Alien with Alien Resurrection. I, I don't even think that, uh, um, I, I, I want to see a, more Alien films, if, you know, if, if that's the case. Well, I'm, I... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, I, I'm all for Bloomcamp. I, I wanted to kind of segue into the Bloomcamp's alien to get your guys' feel on that. But, like, for me, Bloomcamp is the James Cameron, could possibly be the kind of what James Cameron did for aliens. He stepped in and he said, I have a story. I loved Alien. I loved what Scott did. And he took it and he went further. At the same time, as much criticism uh, as, as the new Star Wars gets about repeating uh, some of the things... James Cameron did the exact same thing in Aliens. He had the countdown. He had the the alien being blown up. I mean, he did the same thing, but he told it in a really, really different way that really brought new characters aboard and kind of expanded the mythos. In well, some, I mean, that's way. that's James Cameron. He did that with Terminator Two. You know. Oh yeah, he made he made building upon the, Aliens is the thriller of the franchise. Absolutely. That's what he you know it, the first one was the the gothic horror. Um, I'm sorry, the uh, the art the, I call it the art horror. Yeah, the third one is the gothic horror, but that's what that's what Cameron does best. He makes he really gets your pulse up, you know. He gets your and he built on Ripley. I mean, that was not the Ripley that was in the first film. Yeah, let's face it, James Cameron is responsible for creating the character that we love. That is Ripley now. A hundred percent. He did that. Yeah. So then, what's your what's your take on uh, Bloomkamp's uh, idea of bringing back? Ripley and Hicks and Newt. I, th- I thought it was awesome. Um, I think you're giving him a lot more credit than I was. I think he was going to give us more of a fanboy kind of film. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like a, 
an updated version of what aliens could be now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would like to say that, listen, let's face it, I really wanted that more than I wanted a Prometheus sequel, you know? Yeah. I, I think we're still going to get them. it. I think we're still going to get it, just not... I as, don't know, I mean... Not as soon as, as we think, but I'm... I, I well, don't know why. Ticking. We don't have a lot of time. Yeah, you know? we don't. They don't have a lot of time. Sigourney Weaver. I mean, like I said before, repeating myself from the last podcast. Do you think that maybe egos kind of in the way here? Like, you think that really was maybe a little? Um, oh, I don't want shaking up doing by the. Uh, yeah. me. I think it was probably Fox. To be honest with you, I think Fox is a little bit afraid of spending the money um, because well, I think getting behind the, the director that has. You know, clout. He's established. Really, yeah. Scott is established. And Chappie wasn't a, a success whatsoever. So really, uh, uh, Boom Camp's the whipping boy. They can do whatever they want, and they're like, "Okay, you're gonna wait, and you have no choice because you won't, you aren't anyone." Um, I think ego's ego's definitely on the table. That's uh, I, it. Has to be just because of it felt like Ridley's nose had been put out of joint on the school playground, and you know the new kids come. And he gave us a couple of pitches and a couple of ideas, and we all just went, oh, my God, I can't wait. I'm stoked. Yeah. And nothing – Ridley's not released anything. He's not – he doesn't He doesn't have – he doesn't appear to – it seems like it's a chore for him to make this movie what it needs to be. And he should love doing it, not – you know, it, it felt like well, one it's, camp. It's, it's – I don't think he thinks it's a chore. I think that Fox is literally throwing money at him right now. Like, well, because he, he's also tied with Blade Runner 2, and then he's doing some gangster film as far as well, I Well, as know. a producer, though, for Blade Runner 2, right? He's yeah. not. Yeah. Then yeah. yeah, so he's banking on him. Roger Deakins are uh, doing that one, Blade Runner. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I think they are throwing money at him. I mean, I think he's he's their it boy right now i mean and he's had some flops and uh but the martian made a fuck ton of money um i mean he's made them a lot of money with that film globally domestically um and his last movie that he made for them well he did let's see he did the counselor which i don't think did very well um but then before that it was prometheus i think was that the only other film he did before that? Was it American Hustle? Was was that him? That was before Prometheus. That was the film he did before. He did American Gangster, I'm pretty sure. American Gangster. That was actually a good film. Yeah, that was with Denzel Washington. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so really, he's kind of, he's his uh, his batting record's pretty good. I mean, he's made he's made them over a billion dollars um, as a director in profits. So I I I I think he he does have control, and he's not just control, but is the legacy um much like scorsese scorsese might not make films that um make a lot of money but he can do whatever he wants to do and he they'll make they'll make they'll let him make whatever film he wants to make because he's because of the legacy of who he is and i think yeah. that's what bloomkamp is up against and i mean i think you're right you really bloomkamp was releasing stills and you know production art and you know the pulse rifle images and we, and definitely, was, and I, I think nothing. all of that, which was so enticing. Yeah, and he was doing let's, it through Let's face it, we were like, woohoo, we were those fanboys again. We were seeing, yeah. do you remember that image of the uh, the pulse rifle, like the souped yeah. up pulse oh, rifle? Like, yeah. We were fanboys again. Yeah. But at the same time, here he is releasing these images when Chappie's out and he's sabotaging his own film that's yeah. out in theaters now. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that, it didn't get any recognition when everybody's like, okay, well, 
let's see what you do with with this alien film then because who cares chappie's out whatever yeah i think that hurt him a little bit in the long run but yeah let's face it this is a fanboy yeah we live in a generation now where like you know there's there's people that grew up watching these alien films that are, can now direct one and they, they can do they can connect more with with the fans than the director that birthed it yeah they probably understand it better than the director that birthed it to be honest with you 100 percent true um and I, I think that's the hard part of being a fan especially of the you know I, i've been I've been doing, I've been a, a hardcore fan of the alien. I mean, I, I grew up with the films. I've kind of talked about that a little bit, but I used to do a, a, a newsletter through hotmail called the Viper pit years ago, back when I didn't really have access to the internet. So you're talking 96, 97. And uh, I would write articles and send them through email and all that kind of thing. So I've been here. I mean, I remember getting posters for resurrection and being excited. I remember when they projected the, the trailer. I mean, I was so excited. Of course, the film was pretty terrible. Um, but, and I feel like I have more ownership right or wrong. I have more ownership and understand who Ripley is better than, um, Ridley Scott and Neil Blomkamp and, you know, other people, probably the only person who understands Ripley better than me is James Cameron and Rip and, uh, Sigourney Weaver. Of course, what we all hold, we we all hold that so dear to us as Uber fans of, of the aliens fans. We didn't really have any um outlet we we were the bastardized uh fandom franchise for a long time there was i mean alien was the second rate franchise there was star wars there was star trek there was but then there was the gritty alien and our fandom our fans our group William Tony Bolton and its members we're a gritty bunch yeah. like we <laughs> we've endured a lot of shit through the films but we're still here, you know, like, you know, give us something. Just yeah. give us something. Speaking of shit, uh, let's just briefly talk about uh, oh. uh, AVP. And, let's, and I, let's not. <laughs> How's that? Let's well, not. I, I, no, I, actually, I want to talk about it. I, I, I do want to <laughs> talk about it. You guys mentioned it in the last podcast, and I know JM is quick to be like, oh, fuck the comic books, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> but, Don't say that. No, no, no. The, the original jam have you read the original alien vs predator comic book you know series? um to be honest with you i'm not a big comic book fan um oh it's, it's a beautiful it's comic it's brilliant it's so good now i will say to my defense i as a as a teenager i got the you know i got newt's tale I've, i got all those aliens comic books i to be honest with you i'm just not interested in the predator i i to me the uh, much like what bloomkamp said Alien is about Ripley for me. That's really, that's the connection that I have. Um, is this? Is- well, look at if, if you can try to. Okay. Listen, it's also novel, novelization version. Is All right. a novelization by S. D. Perry, and I'm actually going to get your address after this, and I'm sending you the novel, <laughs> so you don't have to look at the pictures. You can right. read the book. All right. It's yeah, Alien versus Predator. Prey. Yes. You don't have to be a Predator fan, but. Do you guys remember the ad campaign of the uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup? Somebody dipped their chocolate in my peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what the Alien, the original Alien versus Predator concept was. It was, it worked well together. I'm sorry that it, it didn't equate into film, um, 
is <laughs> is really actually a horrible train wreck. But the original story, I'm telling you, is if they did make it a film, it would have actually been a gradual, almost natural transition. It could have worked in in the the looking at it in the through the eyes of like on the heels of aliens because that's when it came out it was right after aliens right after it book was, one i believe something like that what's that it came out uh not too long after book one or book two yeah it was they were doing a crossover in dark horse presents um 89 it was uh it was like three stories and three separate issues of dark horse presents and then they had their own series after that <clears throat> but if you looked at it using the imagery that James Cameron and Ridley Scott gave us and just threw the predator into the equation, it was in the future. It was off world. It was on another colony. It worked. It was actually a really good story. Interesting. What those movies are. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> I not remember it's, my first, my first, uh, <clears throat> the first kind of introduction of that idea was predator Two. Danny Glover goes into the, into the ship in the end and there he sees on the wall this long skull. And I remember people like, whoa, what is that? Is that the alien? And that was the talk. And I thought, you know what? That's cool. That's cool mystery. Lee. And much like the space jockey, I'm cool with that. I don't need an explanation. And I, and I, you know, I own the AVP movies, both of them. I've watched them more I'm than sorry. once. I'm sorry. I'm so um, sorry. Just... <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jay. <laughs> I mean, what I watch them for. So do I, JM. I'm well, admitting it. And here. I love, I, I love behind the scenes stuff. I love to see creature, creature design, creature, the animatronics. I love Absolutely. all that shit. Yeah. I, that's why I love Star Wars. That's why I loved Alien. That's why I love Blade Runner. I mean, I love looking at all that stuff. So a lot of times I'll watch films like that. Like for instance, I just watched Harbinger Down, which was made by the ADI group. Um, I thought it was solid. I'd watch it again. I, I didn't think it was solid, but uh, I, mean, I, I know what just, that was. It, it was it was the thing. It was just the it, thing. That's it was the thing, and that that was them trying to um, get back on their feet after uh, really <laughs> they they kind of, when they when they did the the thing prequel, which actually is actually in my opinion a pretty good film. But yeah, they, I like they, it. It's they pretty, pretty much yeah, dude. The continuity in that film, like we need we need I, an alien film with that kind of continuity. Yeah. Even down to the axe in the door, the that you then see in later on in if you look at it in terms of timeline, that's it. It was there when um, McReady goes to that that uh, that that axe in the door. They show how that axe got there. It's almost the same height that it should be. Like, where's that continuity in Prometheus? Yeah. You know. Well, I think like, you have people who really. I think anyway, if, ADI, the whole thing with the yeah. ADI, that was them trying to try to try to get some of their name back because it could been, you know, let's face it, some of their alien work was really horrible and not just because the the stories were horrible, but the actual suits and the yeah. makeup was horrible and they've been kind of been dragged through the mud lately. So they they tried to do a practical effects movie in the line of the thing after really all their work was pretty much cut from the prequel yeah. and in favor of CGI. So that's yeah. what that was. And that's what I took it as. That's yeah. And I like those films too, even though I, I, just again, uh, because I, I love watching practical effects. I just do. Um, I mean, I could sit and watch a job move forever, you know, just because you know what's going into it. 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, just in terms of AVP, um, I did we lose somebody? Um, looks like William Bill? is out of the call, or he hung up, or he's on hold. Ross, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Still. Okay. Oh, you we... can talk now. <laughs> Let's re-add Bill. Um, um, I can't stay for too much longer. No, me neither. Um, we'll, we'll try and wrap this up. Plus, you have pretty good editing skills anyway. Once you get the MP3. Yeah, yeah, and I'll do that. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Hello. There he is. There he is. I'm right. back. Anyway, so we'll we'll just edit that out. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I I'm not. I'm not, I'm, I don't like hate the AVP films. I'm just a purist, you know, and there are many like us. Um, <laughs> maybe not too many, but yeah, I'm just a purist. I, I, I didn't need it, but I'm totally willing like to read the book and to kind of see, cause you know, I have a, I have a pretty solid imagination, but yeah, I mean, I was just, I was just interested and I'm interested, you know, as we wrap this up, uh -oh, we lost Bill again, but I'll, I'll, I'll add him. But Ross, like what's your, um, What's your take on the AVP films and and that whole lore introduced into the Alien movies? Well, I'm I'm perfectly fine with the lore. The movies, I I'm ashamed to admit, I am both of them. Although I do not put them next to the other films. <laughs> they're their own know, thing, just, right? No, they're at the bottom of the pile. You know, they're they're halfway out the window at any given time. So, hmm. um, uh, AVP. I am a huge fan of the comics. The first run was stunning to me, just the way that they joined them. It didn't didn't click until I read that book, and I can't get past it. Whenever I think of AVP films, it doesn't matter about the first one. That's got elements of the comic book in it, but not enough. It's the second one that does it for me. It, that, that wipes... I can't. All, all I can think in my head is is the pred alien fucking that woman on the bed with its tongue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just and I just want to curl up into a ball and cry because I just it makes me cringe to my core. Yeah. That scene and I don't care anything about ADI or Woodruff or any of that lot. Their, their aliens are subpar. They it just. They don't factor in at all. Prometheus factors in more than those two films. They don't. I, yeah, they're, it's, it's a total expanded universe. Totally. No, yeah, no, no. It's like you could have just done that in a comic book. Like they tried to expand Prometheus, AVP, Predator, and Alien, and join them together in Fire and Stone. And it, that is another thing that it just, it just like, it didn't further anything for me. It didn't. It didn't do anything for me. It didn't have that insidious company behind the scenes. It didn't have, you know, a rough and ready crew. It didn't have a planet that is uninhabited. It didn't feel like that. It just, I don't know. AVP is dead weight to my, in my, my point of view. I'd, I'd, I'd got more of a link with Blade Runner, and Alien than there is with those, those movies. Yeah. You know, they were a waste of time in my book. They weren't for us. The yeah, purists. I, yeah, I agree. I think it was just pure cash grab. That's all it was. And uh, I uh, think we could have had the uh, James Cameron and Ridley Scott team up movie oh. instead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so I mean there's said. only one movie, in my opinion, that has come close to Alien in terms of 
giving me that terror. Yeah. And I mean terror in space, and that's Event Horizon. Oh yes, that's, we could yeah. we could have yeah. an entire podcast about that. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> uh, I'm not talking about linking. I'm not talking about it being part of the universe, but the terror that it, the alien gives me, and then aliens. I, there's nothing that I can compare to aliens, yeah. and there's an Alien Three is a fucking stunning, beautiful movie. Yeah, it is. I need to watch. But it really gets slammed, though, doesn't it? It does, but yeah, I think it's, 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 unfairly, it's unfairly. getting more love as years pass, though. I think. Yeah, um, it, it is. It's like a like a fine wine. And every time I see the end of Alien Three and Ripley's gone, and I hear her voice coming from the Nostromo, and it's those last moments, and you see the wind blowing, kind of the the, the plastic and all that stuff, and it feels a little bit like Aliens, and it feels like Alien, and I I, I get sad. I'm like, the, that's that's, that's it. You're exactly that's the end of the franchise for me. Yeah. That's that's the end of the the uh, the the Alien franchise. That's yeah. And I just like you, it, I get choked up. I cry. She's the savior of the universe at that point. You know, she. Yeah. If you think about it, she saves the universe from the plague that is the alien creatures she she's a uh, and and again like it just i don't know why i guess a lot of people just couldn't understand how they could uh kill off the main character which i mean sigourney we've had a lot to do with that now it's funny that she's trying to get that role back again but yeah um well i mean alien resurrection was such a an insult to the character i mean and she's not ripley she is a clone of ripley but she is ripley <laughs> Um, but so it's not, I don't really have this kind of same attachment to her. I don't even know what she's about. She doesn't even know what she's about. So I don't really kind of care too much. Um, so I don't know why she would need a proper send off to a character because that's not the same Ripley. So it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. A, like the cartoon installment. I call that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my ultimate yeah. wish, I guess, as we wrap this up, um, I, I want, I, Firmly believe that the alien can scare me again. Uh, I uh, there there's many. I see Ross has been posting some photos on the Wayland Utani Bulletin of the alien, some some artwork, and they're fucking scary. I'm thinking, man, that you you put that in the dark, you don't show me that too much, and you show bits of it, that's gonna scare me. Um, and I really want to be scared again. I want that horror that we saw in Aliens and Alien, and like we were talking, um, Event Horizon, that real horror. I, that's that's my wish and. Characters that I can love, that I can quote, not quote because I'm a fanboy, but quote because I love them, you know? And I thought, hey, that's me there too. That's me in Vasquez. That's me in Hudson. That's me in Gorman being too afraid because, you know, honestly, I might be like that. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and I really want to see that. And it, it seems, and I understand that films take a lot. You know, I've made a film myself, documentary, but whatever. It takes a lot of work. There's a lot going on. Um, and a, little, a lot has to kind of come together for a film to work. But it, with all the money that they spend, I'm thinking, why can't you make a good film? What's the problem? Um, and that's that's kind of my, my last wish with the Alien series. Yeah. Well, they, they know that the, the seats are going to be filled regardless of whether or not it's a good film. Um, it has the, the good standing of the Alien name that's been jeopardized a little bit with Prometheus, but uh, I hope that um, they've learned their lesson, and uh, I really hope that they rein it in a little bit and put uh, quality 
over quantity again, which is a big problem with Hollywood. That's yeah, you know, like you said, the the they have all this money. Well, it's it's not about <clears throat> um, having the money; it's just about how much money they, how least the least amount of money they can spend and get the most return. It is business at the end of the day, and here we are, the opposite end of the spectrum. We've made, we've built a life regarding these films. This is our family. This is our friends. This is our home, and we just, we, we do. We all want to feel that feeling again. Is it possible? <clears throat> I don't the know. Stakes are high. The stakes are high. But I don't we'll know. Like, like see, I said I before, I don't want to say hell no, but you know, I, I'm gonna just try to stay as open-minded as possible. It's not easy, <laughs> but they're moving in a good direction. We at least have Alien in the title. Yeah, they're 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 at least uh, being respectful, and they realize that these are smart people. They're not stupid. Um, you know, even before Lindelof was like, "Well, I don't know if it's a sequel. I don't know if it's a prequel. I don't know." It's like, shut up. We know there's the derelict right there. So unless it's some other ship that looks like a derelict, it's it's de- related to Alien. Yeah, um, I'm not too sure that Lindelof really did know. I'm not sure if he knows what he had for dinner last night, but that's yeah, true, true. Well, we're that's gonna wrap, wrap this up. Yeah. Um. Thanks so much, uh, Bill Ross, for coming on, for talking, for giving us your time of your day or your evening, I should say. Um. We would love to have you on again, and uh. Yeah. Thanks again.